0: Hey everybody, Dr. Diamond Jones here, physical therapist and fitness coach, and I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. As every episode, we try to bring you high-impact content that is very valuable to your knowledge and to help push fitness, health, and wellness forward. So um, tune into the episode, let me know what you think afterwards, and if you want to check out any other content, head over to www. High PT.com slash uh, podcast. Again, www.highimpactpt.com slash podcast to check out even more podcasts from there. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the High Impact Health Podcast with your host, Dr. Darman Jones, physical therapist and fitness coach. And today I have two guests on here. Oh, uh, man, they, I mean, they are awesome together. Um, got a lot of great stuff going on. Steph came on last time. We had an awesome podcast. I was doing, I had, I had some technical difficulties, but that's okay. We have Steph and Jordan on here today. Thank you all for coming on to the episode. Hey
1: guys. <laughs> Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, let's jump into you all's background because y'all have similar backgrounds, but a little different. So we'll definitely jump into you all's background. But real quick, you all answer me this question. Who can deadlift more? Because I just seen <laughs> T35 yesterday easily and for reference six. So tell me who deadlift more? Who deadlift more?
2: It is so funny when we work out together because uh, Jordan is a trainer here in Virginia. And when I'm working out with him, people want to give him the credit, but it's it's all me. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) It's funny how that goes, right? Like, no, no, these these are my plans. I came up with this, not him. How do you so,
1: exactly. Te- technically, I still can lift more than her, but yeah. from a relative standpoint, she's much more impressive.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, man. Look, I I i understand that one. Anytime somebody can pull, uh, 300, 200 however much Steph can lift, and opposite sex, I'm like, look, by all means, they got all the glory in the world for me. Like, I don't care. Like, uh. Like, seeing a lady and it has nothing to do with, like, the actual gender bias that people have, like, lift that much weight is just so impressive to me. Because it's like, for one, like, you took, like, you totally just destroyed all social norms and, like, discursion <laughs> everybody that's out there. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool stuff.
2: That's funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. So, I'm oh, sorry about that. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into you all's background and then we'll just go from there. I just need to ask that question.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How to get it out of the way. Yeah, um, sure. yeah but you know me, we go ba- way back in uh, yep. Savannah, Georgia. So we did, Damir and I did um, undergrad together in Georgia, Savannah, Georgia, where I did a rehab science background. And then um, I played volleyball in college down there, D2 school. Um, <clears throat> then I went back home to Youngstown, Ohio and got my doctor of physical therapy. While I was in school, also got my certified strength and conditioning certification, Um, and I had the awesome opportunity of doing my clinical rotation with Zach Long um, at the Barbell Physio. Everyone needs to follow him if you don't. But um, I got to spend three or four months with him there learning a lot about physical therapy and just how it's very different for the fitness athletes just in general from what we learn um, in PT school. And then after that, I definitely wouldn't say I moved to Richmond for Jordan because that's (laughs) not true, but (laughs) ended up in Richmond where Jordan's been for a couple of years and now I am doing both physical therapy and strength training. Jordo, your turn. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, so I went to school in uh, Franklin, at Franklin College where I got my uh, bachelor's degree in athletic training and then Uh, Ended up going to Indiana University for a master's degree uh, in kinesiology and was a graduate assistant athletic trainer there working with their women's water polo, uh, a little bit of swimming and diving, and then got into field hockey and softball. Uh, And then after that, went and did uh, the normal kind of athletic trainer route at a small division one school up in Fort Wayne, Indiana with the men's basketball team and then kind of Fell out of love with the, the true kind of clinical side of that and wanted to get more in the fitness side of things. And I've been at a uh more of a big box gym here in Richmond, Virginia
0: for now four years or so. Cool. Yeah, man. So yeah, for sure. So um let's 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 dive into uh you all background just a little bit more. First first of all, the fact that you even had a clinical with the barbell physio stuff. <laughs> was, i'm completely jealous about that right i tried to get in there but i think that that's when you were there too so i was like damn i guess you have two? uh totally yeah totally understand it so yeah so so you know but both of you all talk about it from like a hybrid approach and i think we talked about this last time stuff like you know looking at it like you know pts and ats and trainers and all these kind of different approaches right now it just seemed like right now they're all just kind of just certifications like one comes with a license or one comes with this but we're all kind of hybrid blend model where, you know, whether someone's injured or somebody's healthy, we, we, we have this blend of, of, of um, concentration, which is, I think, is, is magnificent. I think the fact that, that like, you know, people are doing what their background allowed them to do is amazing. How have you all been able to do that with your different um, degrees, certifications, licenses, and stuff like that? How have you all been able to kind of blend that rehab and kind of strengthen the conditioning model?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think physical therapy, not so, I mean, it's definitely turning around a little bit, but it gets mm-hmm. a bad rap for, you know, not knowing all of the strength training piece of things or exercises, which I mean, come on, if you go through PT school, we didn't learn any of that, you know? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people don't understand that, you know, and it's definitely making a shift here. Within the last couple of years, which is awesome, because there shouldn't really be that gap, you know, between physical therapy, uh, man, I hate to say, we hate to say bridging the gap, because there shouldn't be one, but there kind of is between just general outpatient physical therapy, working with sports athletes, and then an actual personal trainer, or strength trainer, or coach. Um, yeah. So I was just lucky enough to grow up in a gym when I was younger, uh, and was probably around some of the bigger intimidating powerlifting guys. I mean, some phenomenal division one football, soccer, softball athletes. Um, so I just kind of grew up around it, you know, and, and from that, I, I developed a passion for working with those highly motivated individuals. Um, and then physical therapy was a whole different side. Um, for me so even when i was trying to decide between physical therapy and maybe like an athletic trainer route the way that jordan went um i wanted to be a little bit i wanted to do a little bit more in the differential diagnosis part so that part is super cool to me but then once you get to you know having your diagnosis and actually treating i really don't think there should be that much of a gap Um, especially when dealing with some of the higher level athletes or just more um motivated fitness individuals.
0: Yeah, for sure, Jordan.
1: Yeah, I mean coming from the like I was, you know, truly immersed in like the sports med, you know, standpoint before I switched over into the into the fitness side. And it's you know, like I was thinking to myself like you know hey I know you know a good amount I've rehabbed people from day 1 after ACL surgery and gotten them back to playing division 1 basketball and everything and then it it's it's kind of cool when I'm you know now engaged to a physical therapist to kind of see although we have a similar um background or a similar kind of curriculum it's definitely much different and now that I'm primarily in the in the fitness side of things you know, I kind of hang out much more in the sports performance and, and higher level training kind of stuff. And I know kind of where my limitations lie. And a lot of that comes from just knowing how good she is with, um, you know, some of the more, you know, regressed forms of stuff and everything. But I know that at the end of the day, we share the exact same, you know, principles and, and thoughts when it comes to how we treat our people. It's just, you know, a, maybe a different a different way of going about it um, than than other professions kind of thing.
2: Which is so rare to find. I can't (laughs) tell you how many times we're in the gym and there are some trainers that are working with athletes and the athletes are talking about physical therapy and, you know, typical low back pain, but they literally don't want them to flex or extend or anything like that. It just boggles my mind how we're still stuck in that, that thought process, um, just movement in general has changed a lot over the years. So it's, it's nice to bounce ideas back and forth to each other because Jordan has a lot more experience than I do. I mean, I'm only, I'm still in my first year of physical therapy, regardless of how much strength training I've done with myself. It's always different when you do it with someone else. And then just being able to to kind of blend our ideas together, we both have very different perspectives when it comes to things. <laughs> so, that's
0: no, yeah, no, um, that's pretty cool—the fact that y'all two get to work together, um, and then not only have that relationship in the outside of work, but also inside of work as as well, and then being able to, you know, blend, you know, blend not only what you all do, and you know, like like we said, like not bridge the gap. But, you know, being able to just do more than just regular or like what me and you would see as just physical therapy inside of a clinic, seeing people post-op, seeing people, in my opinion, a little too late because we definitely can kind of get in there a little early, prevent some of the stuff. But, you know, that can go to another route. But, you know, then all of a sudden taking that and, you know, build on top of it with an athlete trainer. I have massage therapist that i work with a yoga instructor that i work with so getting all these movement practitioners is what i call all of us and like trying to build better athletes better human beings and you know putting the ego aside and say hey i have a doctor or hey i have a master or hey i got seven years on you hey you know i'm new to this (laughs) it just come together and not to say those conversations don't happen but then come together and then you know again with the sole purpose of creating better athletes and better humans i I think that um that's pretty awesome that's pretty awesome So yeah, so um, we we, we talked a lot about you all's work, right? So talk a little bit about that. How was the the model set up? Um, how was all that going uh, for you? Cause we talked what two two months ago. Um, so it's curious to see how happens in the last two months. And Jordan, for you as well, I man. How was that whole process going for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it start, We started kind of posting content on Instagram. Back when Steph was still finishing up her clinical and everything, mm-hmm. and it, it started more so as a way for us to almost keep ourselves accountable to keep it on to keep on learning and and find a better way to go about presenting it, and and so it, it kind of turned from from that to a okay hey like we're really enjoying this and we're really I think we've both gotten better as a, you know, from a clinical side and a, and a fitness side of applying these different things um, from doing this and, and putting it together in a way that we can help others, you know, just through an Instagram post, which is, which is a hard thing to do. Um, and I mean, I know it's carried over in my coaching and getting to see you know, I send her a draft of something and then she completely you know, changes it for the better or, <laughs> or she sends me something and I kind of think about, okay, Hey, you know, we can do this a little different. And it it just gives us a, a different format than you otherwise normally would get um, for a collaboration in that standpoint. And uh, it's kind of grown from that into, you know, we started the website, we started things like that. We really want to want to grow that side from, from just a professional standpoint.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all of that. I think I would have never really, I mean, we're, we're still small, you know, we're at what, like 1900, just under 2000. But you think about, we've just consistently posted probably four or five days a week for the last six months or so. And it's, it's crazy to me when you look at, you know, when you have a business profile on Instagram and you see all the people that follow you around the world and how you can impact someone, you know, not even an hour away from you, like far close
1: mm-hmm. within
2: Richmond, but then also you like in the UK or, or, yeah. or crazy like that. And it's just, it's, it's, I never looked at social media as that type of platform and that type of interaction with not even just the people right next to you, but on a much, much bigger base than that. So that's been, that's been fun a lot. Um, I think also it's been, it's been good for us in Richmond too, just for us to try to develop a presence um, online for the people within the Richmond, Virginia area as a resource for them. Um, I work at, at out of a CrossFit gym here, um, RVA performance training or CrossFit RVA and even to be able to have their 300, 400 members look online and see some of my stuff and, and know that I'm helping them without even, you know, seeing them or having that interaction is, is pretty right. cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. And getting to the social media thing, I think whenever we were in undergrad together, I would get on Facebook privately, right? Like one <laughs> time a week. Like, I was like, I got a life. Like, you know what I mean? And then looking at, like, now from a business owner standpoint, just having some kind of social media presence. And it doesn't have to be, you know, see, you know, these long, drawn-out posts and you, you know, have super hard software and you're editing everything. But yeah. just having some kind of social media presence. Like, I, my days are, like, mapped out now based on my social media posts. So I can oh make sure gosh. that I check them. You know, I have someone do my social media now. But we have, like, time stamps to say, hey – so we're gonna post at this time, and then we're gonna check on it and engage people. And it's like, and I haven't moved any pages around to make sure that I, I check on social media. But yeah. you know, it's something that I constantly think about. Like, hey, and we're like, are we posted on time? during I gotta figure out these Facebook algorithms. <laughs> it's crazy to think, like, within three or four years of us like being in, at Armstrong together, that now all of a sudden we have to, you know, like you said, you know, look I would have them.
2: never, yeah, I would yeah. have never thought I would
0: have. Said. I would have never thought. I thought, you know. um the whole, you know, physio aspect of it. I thought I'd be working at the clinic. Heck, I actually thought I would be teaching at Armstrong <laughs> or something like that. Uh, and here we it's go. It's not even
2: there anymore. So I mean, you're, you're out of luck with that opportunity. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, no academia in that traditional sense is, is definitely out of it. So yeah, so um, from uh, the side of the 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 like the social media route and, and connecting with people and like almost giving back in that approach. What are some ways that, that like, you all have been able to do that? Obviously, I see you all post before our clinicians out there, our, our coaches out there. What are some ways that you all have been able to give back? Um, obviously, you just said you all dropped a new website. What's the plans with that? And then also to kind of look into the future, what are some things that you all have coming up? They so basically just, you know, give content, um, you know, you have any courses coming up, anything like that. It just kind of just continues to. Push you all, which is a lot of people's kind of idea out there of, you know, more than, you know, more than just health or more than whatever, but actually getting people stronger.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've done a lot of networking both individually and um, together. So that's been that's bigger been, been our big focus lately is just getting in touch with people around the area who have the same vision or or, or would appreciate the work that we do. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had a lot of meetings with a lot of people running groups, other strength coaches, other fitness instructors, even individuals on their own. Um, and then we've done a couple of workshops. I know I've done a squat mobility workshop with the gym, a low back pain workshop, and yep. kind of how you incorporate deadlift with treating low back pain. Um, I have a hip mobility workshop coming up with CrossFit RVA. So from that standpoint, it's really, um, it's really hammering away at the community interaction with the other gyms, the other coaches, other athletes that has been very helpful for us. Um, I think in the future we're planning to take over more of an online presence and offer. We have a, we have a couple of different products just from um, like a more like supplemental programs to help individuals with little issues they may be having during their um, training. Um, hopefully to get those up and running sometime soon would be good. I think the events, though, is our biggest thing. We want to keep hammering away at making those connections with local gyms and other people um, that are interested in
1: that. Okay. And then and then from my standpoint, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a big kind of programming nerd and everything like that, and uh, Steph's actually, my like, who I have the most fun programming for um, just because of her ability uh, and everything. And, and not that those people are super hard to come by and, and, you know, one kind of area like enrichment and everything, but um, to be able to do more of a online coaching programming kind of thing is, is definitely what uh, another Avenue that we're looking at just so uh, I can, can kind of interact with more people that uh, are, you know, you know, like almost hamstrung by their ability to get good coaching at where they're at, whether it be like a small town or if they don't have a good coach uh, that's, that's present, uh, to be able to get those services from more of an online perspective so they can still, you know, benefit from them.
2: I would really like to see us um, do a, a bit more presence within the powerlifting community. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan's programmed a couple of people for powerlifting meet. I have one girl I just started programming for um, a powerlifting meet in April, April. so four months out, three months out, Um, so it feels like some of that is starting to pick up with more in the powerlifting, weightlifting um, groups there, and that's, that's super exciting. Um, At the same point, you know, you have those athletes, and then, then again, I have some of the younger girls, high school girls that I'm training for volleyball and softball and anything I can do to kind of have that impact on the high school or or young college girls and and just kind of guide them in both training and, um, you know, advice for getting a getting a scholarship and coming out (laughs) a little bit less on loans and, you know, let them go in a little bit stronger than their competition. That's kind of where my passion lies a lot. Cause I know, I know what I did to get to the position where I'm at today, both with, um, both with athletics and academics and, not not a lot of people have those resources out there so my i love working with my little girls i have a couple fireballs in there right now that just like to go after it um <laughs> with volleyball and squash didn't even know squash was a thing but it is in richmond
0: <laughs> yeah what
2: <laughs> yeah it's, what do do? I, it's not tennis what is it Jordan? It's, it's more like racquetball yeah but
1: the ball doesn't uh it's not quite as bouncy, yeah so. right yeah
2: it's crazy, but it's, it's huge down here, Um, but yeah, so that's been really fun to, to work, I mean, we've worked with so many people across the age span, um, and just different sports and different interests, so it's, it's awesome.
0: No, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's amazing, and uh, we could touch on a few points here. To talk about like the programming aspect on it. I had um, James Townsend, who's who's a powerlifter uh, coach, and actually runs a, a like a sports performance clinic down here in Georgia, on a podcast with me yesterday. Which by the time you listening to this, you would have already dropped that. Episode. I I would have already dropped the episode, but he talked about you know the the programming aspect for powerlifters and how like the different you know mindsets and how we shift it from you Know one side to the extreme and whatever, but now we're starting to realize that hey, people are just human beings and training at, uh, training at consistent slow, uh, consistent loads, uh, is, is awesome. So, seeing that you all getting into that from a power standpoint is amazing. I know who I program for, and I don't feel comfortable, um, doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more or less like it's like you said, the supplemental work, the more like the CrossFitter or somebody coming off of an injury, and that's kind of. Where I really feel comfortable at. So for you all to take athletes and get them ready for competitions and all that stuff. Kudos to you all on the on a, on a, that 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 training side of that.
2: I feel like we've had a decent amount of people too. I I mean, what makes us unique and like other, a lot of other people out there um, right now that I could think of, but I just think a lot of the online programming and even personal programming really lack the recovery standpoint. Yeah, They, They might be very, very good at programming and putting something together, but they really don't take in to, um, into account their the recovery strategies to to keep an athlete healthy for competition so that's definitely been an edge up that we have on some of our competition in the fitness industry around richmond for sure
0: yeah no and uh just touch on that real quick i have an athlete right now that i worked with and she had a lot of decreased pain and we just got some really great results and Then someone started doing her program recently, and and it's an extremely great program. She sent it to me, and I was like, this is awesome, but just remember, you know, I kind of had a reminder real quick, and I'm seeing her today because her, you know, her her symptoms kind of flared up, so I had to, you know, remind her, hey, look, you know, let's kind of take some of this stuff out. It's a really great program to get you prepared, but it's not accounting for the fact that you had meniscus surgery uh, six months ago, so, (laughs) you know, like... You know, it's a really great program, but you know, progressive loading, you know, the pain sign aspect of it that we talked about, you know, no, you know, not not necessarily forcing an issue, you're still not even a year from your surgery. So, you know, kind of having that blend, like you said, of knowing the body anatomy while also adding that training side to it as well. So I think that, that like you said, it, it does put us in a unique uh standpoint to kind of blend both of them. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Jordan, man, so okay, so um Let's talk a little bit of sports. I don't, I mean, just let, like, like, like let both of us, talk, like, all of us talk a little bit of sports. Uh, mm-hmm. Playoffs, this, this, uh, this is coming up. Um, obviously, again, if you listen to this, it probably would have already happened. Okay. Do you all watch NFL football? Please say yes. <laughs> <laughs> no? no? Okay.
1: It's funny to mention that because I'm a huge NFL football fan, and yeah. I had to barter with her to get nine hours of football time a week. Just to watch it, so um, and I very rarely did I ever get that. So, um, but I stay I stay pretty current with it, yeah. despite, despite the objections.
0: Uh, you wait, you said that? nine? You said nine hours?
1: Yeah, a week.
0: Oh, uh, first of all, that's a lot of time. <laughs> I, right? Yeah, that's a lot of time allotted to watch it. Yeah, I get a an negotiator. Baby. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Jeff.
2: His defense,
0: he doesn't ever get that. <laughs> yeah, I say, yeah, no, that's a great negotiation. I don't like a game. I get a game just based on schedule. So, 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 so anyway, I'm lucky,
1: I'm lucky to get that watching on my phone on the couch. So
0: yeah, yeah, right, right, watching it on YouTube Sports and be like, hey, shout out to YouTube Sports. Either. I just
2: cannot justify sitting in front of a TV for that long, so yeah, no. I, I most of the time make him do other
0: things. <laughs> <laughs> Look, in undergrad, I could. In undergrad, yeah. where you know you kind of studied and did your thing and had a full-time job and did 45 other different things and took a three-hour nap every day, it was perfect. Uh, now, like yeah. I said, like, you run the business and having to train and having to train other people, it's almost impossible to watch that much football, but I do get to I do get the occasional game. But, anyway, so who do you all have um, going to Super Bowl, Saints, um, Rams, uh, what is it, Uh, Patriots, uh, Chiefs? And then who do you all have winning it? Again, by the time this comes out, we'll probably know who's in it.
1: Yeah, well, since Steph has no idea who any of those people are, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, I I think it's the the Saints year. um, Yeah. I also think the Patriots are who they are, yeah. and, uh, and it's the reason why we all hate them. But I think they're, they're going to end up beating the Chiefs. The Saints are going to end up taking care of the Rams, and then the Saints are going to get it done.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have to uh, admit that, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Breeze win another one um at, at all but at the same time I wouldn't even mind seeing the Rams who have some really good players have some really cool players some players that might you know deserve a trophy or two uh that McVay guy like if he wins the Super Bowl you talk about all the coaches that have already been hired they're hiring like they're hiring every 12 year old and play football <laughs> like, like just anybody hey you're 12 hey come on in so you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, I'll be curious to see, and, you know, I'm, I'm I'm pulling for him, but I'd be curious to see how this iteration, like, you know, does he continue this? Because a lot of those players he have, let's face it, were drafted by somebody else. So, you know, let's see his draft class two or three times down the road and see if all those players are still developing really, really well. Because, you know, I think Jared Goff, he just needed Jeff Fisher to get out of his way. He was going to be NFL quarterback. You know, all these signees they got, okay, somebody obviously coached him up. Aaron Donald was already like a, like a hall of famer <laughs> like last year, so I'd be curious to see how that whole thing goes but anyways we'll, we'll get stepped back into this conversation <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we'll get Steph. I totally just nerded out on a podcast about nFL I don't care we can do what we want to do so <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so let's talk uh like a little bit about the 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 power lifting uh aspect of, of things like you said you all are both programming for powerlifters i just had a powerlifter on on the last podcast and let's talk about how that programming is i wouldn't even say different but unique to that sport because i know with you know when it comes to running when it comes to crossfit when it comes to uh, weightlifting ollie lifting whatever there is a certain methodology that you follow there are certain uh parameters there are certain uh you know obviously activities that you have to do so how is programming for a power lifter um different from programming for let's say um an ollie lifter or somebody like that that you're programmed for in the past Or I mean, like in your case definitely programming for like volleyball players that are out there kicking butt so our squash I yeah. yeah i mean
1: i think that it it deals with the the level of specificity that you can get and yeah. so you know, when, when you're training an athlete, like a field sport athlete or anything, nothing that you do in the gym is ultra specific to what they do on the court. Absolutely. Um, whereas with a power lifter, I mean, their training is essentially their sport okay. and at least, the, at least the events that, you know, lie therein. And so, you know, the, the difference is it's just it's a high level of specificity from that standpoint. So I mean, there's a lot more frequency of benching, you know, squatting, deadlifting, all that stuff, and and variations that work on the weak points of those things. Whereas, you know, if we're programming for a volleyball player, you know, there's there's going to be equal parts strength and power and agility and speed and things like that. That so it's going to look there's going to be a lot more, you know, diverse of a content. But you know, the, the goal or the, the the tasks that they have is a, there's a lot more you know, things going on than just, you know, three specific lifts. Um, so I think that the big difference is just the level of of specificity for those things. And you're trying to, you know, strengthen weak points and, and determine how, you know, frequent, you know, each of the lifts should be done. You should see how they recover from each of the lifts. And then, you know, small tweaks like that can have a huge impact where as you know, the volleyball players or things like that, I, you know, it, those small little changes aren't going to be uh, aren't going to have quite the same effect.
0: Right.
2: I think I honestly think um, programming for like my high school volleyball player is harder than programming for a power lifter, which may <laughs> sound so odd. But No, like, I, I get it. I get it. Like he said, there, it's just like, what more? I don't, I don't want to say what more, but you really focus in on those three lists. Right. And then I yeah. get to my volleyball player and I'm like, okay, she came into me with like, you know, instability issues at the ankle and we need to work on balance and and all of that so that I can get her out of her ankle braces. And she has strong enough ankles to support that. Mm -hmm. She also has some knee valgus when she's squatting and, you know, not just, just not the right kind of um, patterning in her squat motion. So we have to kind of break that down and and break up that movement and go kind of from the beginning, touching. Um, Touching on the technique more so than than actually getting strong, and and there's just so many more components I think to to the volleyball or the high school athlete as compared to powerlifting. Um, I think we've gotten lucky. A lot of our lifters have been pretty experienced in the powerlifting. I don't want to say lucky, but we've just had the athletes who have been involved in lifting for a while longer, um, so they know. You know kind of the right techniques and the cues and stuff like that. Um, to where we didn't have to break it down for them. But man, I sit there programming for my volleyball player and going through my rehab brain of how many different exercises are out <laughs> there. and then yeah. also my super type A personality of wanting things to be perfect. I'm like, there's so many options to choose from. and I'm still I'm still a newbie in the programming world so that's definitely harder for me than when i have my my power lifters <laughs>
0: yeah, no i i understand that like you said those three lifts you just program around those and get someone progressively stronger uh you know cut weight and kind of figure out how to do that safely um you're, you're there but like you said like and also too like getting them to understand the value of like all that as well whereas power lifter like all right you know i i get i need to bench more i need to do whatever. Wait a minute, you want me to do these exercises for what? Like 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 let me just go out there and do my thing.
1: I mean, we're all, all we're looking for is transferability from the gym to the, you know, competition. And yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that if I, hey okay, if I say, hey, this exercise is going to increase your bench press to a power lifter, they're going to be like, sweet. Yeah. But if I, you know, if, if there's the, you know, the really cerebral athlete, that's just like, well, why am I doing this? And you have to t- you have to tell them like, okay, hey, if you can squat more, you can produce more force and if yeah. you can produce more force then you can jump higher and if you can jump higher then you know. And it's it's definitely a, a longer process that you kind of have to get the buy-in of like why you're doing everything and, and,
0: and whatnot. I w- I would agree. Have having a conversation with a fitness athlete as to why <laughs> I need to increase their shoulder stabilization or their shoulder overhead stability so they can do pull-ups and pull-ups. You know, I'm sorry, pull-ups and push-ups and you know, uh, you know, whatever else, jerks or whatever has been a completely different conversation than me trying to get a yoga instructor that that who is amazing to like you said cerebral just genius when it comes to stuff to actually do a barbell movement she was like what and I was like hey look it's from a tolerance standpoint and literally over the last like visit like a couple of visits like we've really hold down on it and saying hey you are strong for your sport you are not weak but by building this strength up we allow you to tolerate more. Thus, you're able to host five to seven yoga classes a day where you're doing handstands, where you're doing this stuff so you won't have shoulder issues and all this. So it's been an easier transition that way. <laughs> uh, uh, or, uh, I guess a harder transition the opposite way, whereas you know, CrossFit athlete, or powerlifters, is like, yo, like, like let's just do this stuff so you can get stronger. Or like, like let's do this stuff. So, yeah, like your performance – um, as that athlete under that load gets better, so yeah, it's it's crazy, it's crazy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's crazy. Had that conversation. So, all right, y'all two got something coming up, correct? All right, our wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, hey, right. hey, hey. Look, I wasn't gonna say it. All right, y'all coming up. Okay, Uh, let's just. I'm just gonna get super nosy about this, man. All right. Uh. 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 Gosh, I forgot. Well, you might say with this. Okay, 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 okay. Um, how did you set it up, Jordan? Right? How did you set it up? Who did you talk to? Uh, and also, too, uh, Steph what was the first thing you were saying. Uh, and what are you? Uh, I don't know if I can ask what you all colors are. I think that's supposed to be a secret. Uh, <laughs> uh but what type of like well, what time of year is it going to be? Let's just let's just answer those questions. May we got yeah. May eleventh,
2: two thousand nineteen.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So definitely will be a little warm out there. Definitely will <laughs> oh be a little warm. Uh do you all have honeymoon plans already?
1: Yeah, we just we just that up. We're gonna head out to uh, Napa, California to uh
0: drink some wine.
1: Drink some wine and eat some good food. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, night nice. Look, that's that's cool. Yeah, man. Look, I, I appreciate that. Um wholeheartedly. You said eat food, so that's something I'm <laughs> my honeymoon, man. So I mean, uh congratulations to you all you all for, for that aspect of it. Um you, you know, you see young people and it's like this whole stigma right now. Don't get married to like 50. And it's like, look, <laughs> do it. Like, if y'all shouldn't love each other. Like, hey, look, just do it and see how it goes. And I'm preaching to the to the choir because I am not yet married, but I'm getting there. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir on, on that standpoint. But no, uh, congratulations to you all uh, again. Um, I understand that. We are that you-
2: super excited to submit our LLC form. So that's probably the biggest thing. We have the biggest jump in our quote-unquote business is we're making it official making it an LLC and then that'll just give us a little bit more freedom to do those events that we wanted kind of shift our focus onto the more online presence online programming and coaching and and all of that so that's super exciting for us right now too
0: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah. the fact that y'all two are in business together that probably is you know kind of important like get all that stuff shared up and say hey here we go (laughs) Uh, yeah i i I think that's pretty awesome so um as far as when it comes to the the rehab side of things and i know we been talking about like a lot about programming but all of us on this call are clinicians as well and we talk about some of the rehab approaches but i want to talk about you know bringing an athlete from you know the time that they see you what type of athletes are you know like 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 you are normally seeing now i know for me personally it's fitness athletes that are about 85 percent there they just haven't quite hit that bump because you know their pt or their Cairo or their, you know, athlete trainer or like whoever they're working with, don't quite know how to get them over the hump, which is fine. That's why they come see me. So what type of athletes are you all seeing right now? Um, and then two, what does that rehab process uh, look like? Because it's so different from our, I guess, our quote unquote clinical setting.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> um, I, I probably see 90% of my rehab um, patients from CrossFit RBA right now. Yeah, same. so it's, it's definitely, and I'm also direct access, which, like you know, is is not more challenging. It just takes a little bit more buy-in and a little more bit more education on why direct access and can in a cash base. I'm sorry, not direct access, but a cash-based physical therapy clinic, um, and and not take insurance. You definitely need to spend the time on the education component of why coming to someone like me <clears throat> is just as beneficial if not more than going and paying your your, your copay. Yeah. So how often I see them is definitely different than outpatient physical therapy general. Um because I probably see them once once a week at most, if not once every two weeks. I try to keep it in that one to two rep range. So like you said, it's not so much acute problems for me. I don't come in someone who maybe just had an injury last mm. week or whatnot. I'm mm-hmm. probably the second or third or fourth resource that they've, <laughs> um, that they've tried. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and, you know, to be honest, you know, they do get, you know, 80% or 90% better from or down here. We have a Rosti. A Rosti is a big company that a lot of the athletes here go to and
1: yeah.
2: to kind of get rid of that, those acute symptoms, but then, you know, what's the long-term situation in the gym? So I'm definitely have the athletes out in the gym looking at how they move, making those types of corrections. Um, and like you said, probably that last five to 10% of where to get them in a better overhead position or just a little bit more movement, mobility, and, and pain-free.
0: <clears throat> yep.
2: um, so, yeah, I mean, the the cash-based clinic definitely makes it, you got to spread out those visits for me right now, just financially for people, which is also nice for me. It's a big focus on uh, patient autonomy and patient education and, and making sure that they know that what they're doing and why they're doing it instead of just Throwing them some cookie cutter exercises.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, here, like, like, here goes a list of uh, exercises I give for all my hip patients. Here you go, take this. Yeah, yeah.
2: I've seen probably, and within those patients, I've probably seen like eighty to ninety percent shoulder injuries. I just have so many shoulder. injuries.
0: Yeah, I'd probably say 50% for me, 50%, probably some kind of upper body type of issue, shoulder stuff. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. So that's basically from the PT side, I would say. That's what makes it a little bit different than the other resources around here. Um, even from you know chiropractic or or orasti but i do have some pretty good connections with them people there too so they know too the importance of the long-term health and long-term performance instead of that just quick fix which is good
0: yeah i agree yeah actually just got my first referral from a pt that i basically talked to at the the physical therapy place like i'm like look i have no beef with y'all like like like, here, here like here 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 is who i see and this is he's very successful. So he called me up. I was like, "Hey, I got one for you. They are um, uh, uh, a CrossFitter who goes to this gym that you know. You said that you haven't quite reached out to. So you know, I'm finishing up with them, and here you go. Oh, thanks. I give me your card. Yeah. And here's yeah. the info, and we got to eval next week. I'm like, oh, awesome. Thanks." Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. i like it yeah that's sure. so awesome when people in the same profession can you know still understand their own kind of limitations there that's good
0: yeah in yeah. like their case i guess we would honestly say it's a 100 percent insurance based yeah. Right? yeah it's like oh well you know your your markers are good like you you fill out this quick dash and you meet all the you you meet all the 80 you know points on it but you don't know how to do like you haven't got back to doing pull-ups yet so we don't know yeah. <laughs> So. Uh, you know let's send you out there for somebody that can coach it and then treat it if, if need be whenever you have flare up so I think that's awesome
1: yeah absolutely
0: Jordan what about you man yeah
1: I, I've kind of developed my niche in the uh, just got discharged from PT you know kind of like now what situation yeah so, like they're left to their own devices and if they you know if they didn't have any guidance or anything like that the likely the the cycle would continue of them going right back to doing the same stuff they did. that got them hurt in the first place and, uh, kind of repeating that whole thing. So, um, that's kind of how I get most of my, uh, clients is just solving those kind of problems and everything and building capacity and building skill and kind of meeting them where they're at from that standpoint. Um, and then, you know, I've been fortunate enough that I have, I've had a lot of, uh, clients kind of continue with me and so I've had you know I've been here for a little over 4 years and I have you know a handful of people who have, who have trained with me on a weekly basis for all four of those years and everything so um, now I get to kind of have fun with those people and it's uh, it's the initial stuff's already gone so now it's just you know like you know they'll come to me and be like hey I want to be able to you know, single leg barbell deadlift for no other reason than they just want to. Get to, you know, and so we get to kind of have some fun with that. But, but most of my new people are, are limited in some way, shape or form, but you know, got discharged from PT or, or things like that.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, like the, the being, being able to kind of get those people that are, you know, being getting discharged from formal physical therapy or whatever the case may be. And now, have that now what is, I mean, that's amazing people to work with because they already kind of have, their, their goal oriented is one or two goals rather than you have this laundry list of goals that you have to write out. Steph, I know that you remember having to do this oh as an God. intern where it was like, you know, you write 15 goals. Oh my God, range of motion goals and strength goals. And I was like, oh, you want a handstand push-up again? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like this lady it's so wants, much more fun. Yeah. yeah, she literally just wanted to do a handstand. That's it. Like, like out in the open, like just like not <laughs> get the wall. So I've been working for a few weeks, obviously build some tolerance stuff, talk about that stuff, but no, we've we're just been practicing that for the last few weeks. So yeah, got one goal. Thank you. Yeah. It, it makes it easier for us as clinicians as well, because, you know, like you said, writing out so many little things and it becomes goal oriented. And then people are wondering why they're not meeting their goals and all this, because you got a laundry list of them and insurance companies are calling you. Now it's like, oh, like, just one or two things. Great. Let's get you to that. And then it sounds like on your end, Jordan, becoming that like like that rehab coach and just becoming that, you know, that trainer afterwards, even if they're not dealing with any issues. And if something picks back up, you can just put that hat back on. Let's look at it and then take it right back off when you need to. So I think that's pretty awesome. I think All right. so. It's just you know,
1: it's the big part is just kind of laying out the expectations up front and sitting down with them and be like, hey, like yeah, you're not in pain now, but you know, if you jump back into what you're doing and going back to playing tennis, you know, five days a week and and everything like that, we're probably gonna the same stuff's probably gonna pop up and and kind of lay out the plan of like, you know, this is this is the process of things and and they kind of really buy into that and enjoy it, and then it's like they're back to doing what they want to do, but they necessarily want to leave so I guess that's I guess that's a good thing
0: yeah yeah no yeah I completely agree with you like hey like your case hey if you could stick around and then you know in my case I'm coaching CrossFit so I told him hey look i rather coach you than treat you so let us get you back out there to where you are doing those activities that you love to do without that fear and then I'm coaching you up through that entire process and rather I'm coaching them on like a daily basis or somebody that I work with remotely it's like hey you know I'm your rehab coach I'm someone there that like you can always contact and hit up and, and then go from there. And I don't know if your people are able to do that all the time in this kind of this health world, but being able to offer that is definitely a, a cool service and you know, I, I appreciate you all for, for doing the same. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah yeah so in closing, um because I know that you all got to get out of here in closing um what's next like you know con kind of con what we talked about earlier, and also to go ahead and plug all your social medias and stuff like that people want to find you where to go
1: yeah, so I, I mean I think we're gonna we're gonna continue to to put out you know stuff on Instagram uh, we really like that platform for what we're able to do and everything, but then uh, we're really gonna look at growing the the uh, website and everything and so uh, some longer form blog content just because I have a hard time keeping things concise. Um, okay. so, um so, you know, getting into more kind of in depth type articles, uh, training logs. yeah, posting some training logs to see kind of how we do go about programming and everything, which I think is cool. Something from, you know, the old elite FTS days that they did that I really enjoyed, um, and, and things like that. So, um,
2: I think our website is the biggest thing we want, to, we want to develop here coming in the next couple of months just to have those. We have a lot of good ideas and we have a lot of good things started, but we want to finalize them and get them out there for people to, for people to have as a resource. Yeah. So on Instagram,
1: it's uh, we're at the Strength Continuum. Uh, the website is thestrengthcontinuum.com. And then uh, obviously the same thing on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah keeping
0: it original. Oh yeah. Yeah, keep yeah, <laughs> keeping things streamline everything is just easier that way. Uh for sure. So yeah, no, uh thank you all for for obviously coming on to the episode. Uh thank you staff for 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 doing part 2 because we got lost in technical difficulties, but you know, being being able to uh technological difficulties. Uh but being able to to come on here with Jordan. I think this was an awesome episode and just like um with jfit uh it's it was a you know obviously a longer episode but that's perfectly fine we be definitely were able to talk about a lot more so uh, i appreciate that Absolutely. as well yeah. thanks for yeah. having yeah. us thank you yeah yeah thank you all right so thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the high impact health podcast uh remember to stay fit stay active keep up your sports performance and always to try to improve your health uh and wellness have a good one Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the High Impact Health Podcast with your host, Dr. Diamond Jones. It would mean the world to me if you were to hand over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from and just leave me a review or a like or a follow or a subscribe, any of those things that help push the podcast forward. Share it out to a friend or two, right? All this will help me to not only be able to deliver the best content, but help get this knowledge out there more and more And it allows me to do more of these podcasts, right? The more people we have listening, the more we can kind of spread it out there, too. So, again, uh, please like, follow, share um, the podcast, and I appreciate that in advance. Thank you.